This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, And the edge of the world, Euphemet presents Night Drift with Jim Perry. Good evening, I'm Jim Perry, and you're listening to Night Drift, presented by Euphemet. Broadcasting again from my home studio in the hinterlands of the Oregon coast, directly to our mothership, the studio of 1150 AM KKNW in Seattle and worldwide at nightdrift.com. And tonight, a really, really interesting and great show. Returning is paranormal investigator Bex Atwood with a new report on high strangeness in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. And listen, we're going to talk about UFOs and John Keel. And really, I think we're going to start to uncover the buried history of the modern UFO phenomenon, if I can be so bold. <laughs> and it's, it's with the strange incident that occurred right off the waters of Tacoma and, and very close to where all of, most of Beck's and, you know, sort of current investigations reside. So that's tonight. And and just before going on air, you know, I, I, got, a, um, I got a tip from a listener, Lonnie, who shared... A possible UFO flap that is occurring in the Pacific Northwest right now. So, uh, as of a few days ago, on February 3rd, in Burns, Oregon, that's um, in Harney County, I believe, which is in eastern Oregon, uh, sort of a, not desolate, but um, parts of it are fairly remote in the high desert. Witness photos of three to four lit objects have been shared on uh, social media. And even though I, I, I can't confirm yet whether these are truly uh, anomalous objects or not, if these are, you know, proper, you know, UFOs, or if they are Starlink satellites, for example, which a lot of people are, you know, being challenged by in our night skies right now. Even though I have not been able to confirm whether this these photos are, you know, sort of showing us that or not, what I did find within the comments of this person's social media is that a, a lot of people from that community saying like, oh my gosh, yeah, I saw something too. I saw something the other night. I saw something. So whatever the case may be, there appears to be a flap going on, a legitimate UFO flap going on in Eastern Oregon right now. So I'm very interested in finding out what's going on in Harney County, in Burns, Oregon, and, 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 and um, parts in between. If you're listening to that, if you're listening to this right now on nightdrift.com, for example, or through you know the, the, the broadcast online stream at KKNW, call the show, 888-298-5569, and, and, and let us know if you have seen something or if you, know, you are privy to what I'm talking about here. And, and of course, we released a new episode of Euphemet. Sorry, there, Odie, I, I, I tricked you there with the phone number. <laughs> <laughs> we, of course, released a new episode of Euphemet a few days ago. Uh, we followed the story of a woman named Tanya who encountered a feeling she couldn't shake, ultimately one that saved her life. And I'm wondering how something like intuition, second sight, a premonition, has affected your life 
Have, have you been saved by a sign? We're opening lines in the second half of the program. We're opening lines right now. <laughs> Join the conversation. Myself, paranormal investigator Bex Atwood, share your story. 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW. That's the open mind lines <laughs> here on Night Drift with Jim Perry right after this. show on social media at euphemet e-u-p-h-o-m-e-t when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Perry on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, KKNW, Seattle. Now, here again is Jim. Euphemet Season 5 continues with a new episode on Thursday, February 17th. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. You can hear this program on that very same thing. And real quick, I'd like to thank our sponsors, AMC Network, Shutter, and Better Health, and exclusive to our radio broadcast advertiser, Elaine of AtTheRisingMoon.com. And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening now. Whether the live radio broadcast or you're listening to this later on the Euphemed podcast feed, and if you have become a patron over at Patreon.com slash Euphemed, many, many thanks to you as well. Okay, let's get to the show. <laughs> and our guest, she is a mycologist, witch, and paranormal investigator who lives on the Key Peninsula in Washington State. She is a part of Liminal Earth, the website devoted to remythologizing our modern lives by way of collecting experiencer stories on an open source map of the strange. Bex takes on residential cases of high strangeness and experiments with all sorts of methods of divination. We'll talk about that tonight for sure. And she routinely reports for this very program, Night Drift, from the Key Peninsula. Hey, Bex, welcome back. Hello, Puget Sound and beyond. Jim, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> so happy to be back. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, I, I, I am very much a fan of these, I don't know, say monthly reports that we're getting here from you, and I appreciate your time. And, you know, I, I started off the program with a, with a little bit of a tease in terms of 
you know, there's a lot of high strangeness going on right now within the Pacific Northwest. I, I would argue there's a lot of high strangeness going on that's being recognized worldwide. But in particular tonight, we're going to share some stories, some experiences and reports from here within the Pacific Northwest. And I think if we can start off, let's just jump right into it. You have a report about more disappearing places. What is happening with these? I have no idea. I guess the more I look into it, the less, less I know. It's becoming its own trope <laughs> <laughs> within a trope, right? Sure. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I do have to tell you that this report is actually from Texas. Okay. So well, I, that so there is you go. my bad on there. That's okay. <laughs> that that actually, you know, is more to my point that, that high strangeness at an elevated level is happening everywhere right now. Yeah, it's just like those window areas, right? You have these yeah. really high concentrated pockets of strangeness that like our friends at Penny Royal are often talking about. And you're seeing it more and more. Um, you know, especially someone who's helping run this map, um, you get these concentrated areas and it's really interesting to see these reports just flood in from this one area. Mm. Um, and then it's especially interesting when they kind of start to parallel like they do here on the Key Peninsula. Yeah, very much so. So what happened down there in Texas? All right. One day in 1989, um, it looks like Tamara is our submitter, so I will address them as such. Uh, one day in 1989, um, Tamara and their mother were driving down a country road when they saw a rustic shack with the sign saying open. Uh, we went inside and found it filled with intricate figurines in the shapes of elves and fairies. We looked around for the shopkeeper, but found no one at all, nor any sign of human habitation. We were so curious that we decided to come back when it, someone was in, but when we returned the next week, the building was not where we remembered it to be, and we were never able to find it again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, again, just another one of these situations where this building, this place, with all sorts of unique or individualistic characteristics that we remember, that is of note, is just no longer there and we can't find it. Yeah, man, like, what do you do? What do you do? You know, you see these crazy figurines of like fairies and elves. So that to us is extra funny um, because of like, you know, these these reported beings that live, especially in the Pacific Northwest. So it it's almost funnier now that I'm like, oh crap, it's in Texas, but it's of like fairies and elves. <laughs> right, like huge phenomena, you know, around the Pacific Northwest. So, I mean, right. I'm kind of like in a go figure mentality right now. Um, but what's so interesting is just um, how many years it takes for these people to realize like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I went somewhere that didn't exist. And I think I'm going to find my share. Right. Oh my gosh. It's incredible. And as these reports continue to come in, uh, you know, let's let's continue to track them. We actually we're going to the phone lines right now with a caller who has uh, a story, I guess, of their own disappearing place. Uh, we're we're going to go to the phones. Uh, Bram, how are you tonight? Oh, hello. Can you hear me all right? Hi there. Yeah, sure can. Th thanks so much for giving us a call, my friend. Oh, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, so, so what uh, happened? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, please go ahead. What What is your story you'd like to share about this? Oh, no worries. Uh, so my name is Bram Murphy, and on September 27th of 2020, I went up to the art gallery in my parents' hometown um, to go pick up a two pieces of artwork that didn't sell, and that uh, location is about an hour from where I live now. So mm -hmm. I left at 2.45 a.m., and got there at 3 p.m., which isn't possible. It was a time slip. What? And the trip up didn't feel particularly unusual. There was a point where I stopped and got gas and bought peach rings. So hmm. the chronology doesn't add up. And I think if it were just me by myself, I would be a lot more skeptical. Like, oh, maybe I read the time on my, my car wrong, or my watch accepts that the time was... <laughs> The same across all of my digital devices, and my spouse was with me, 
And that right. was reflected in all of their devices as well. And they experienced it with me, too. So that was weird in upon itself. So we get wow. there, and we have an hour to kill. And we had gotten married in August earlier that year. And something I personally had really been wanting to do for a while was leave flowers from our wedding bouquet at the local cemetery where his grandparents and my best friend's brothers were buried. Um, So we had time and I was like, oh, this is uh, really strange, but it's an incredible opportunity. I have the dried flowers in the car. Let's go leave them. So we got out of the car. We went into the cemetery. At this point, my spouse is very freaked out. Um, But I went to... Like, I've been to the cemetery many, many times growing up as a kid. Every Halloween, I'd go and visit my best friend's brother's plots there and leave them flowers and, like, unwrapped candy. So I should know where everything is. I can picture their their plot in my mind's eye. I went and saw them. They were where they were supposed to be. But when we went to go see Joe and Marta, my spouse's grandparents they weren't where they were supposed to be, which is strange because I know exactly where they are. As you enter the main gate, there's a plot that as you enter, it's on um, the left-hand side. Mm. And they're right there off the main path, but they weren't there. There was an oak tree there instead. So we wandered around, like, being like, did I misremember? Like, what's going on? Um, And eventually we found... Another headstone we recognized, and it's like, oh, it is uh, my spouse's great aunt, which I thought was really cool. So we we left her flowers and, like, spent some time kind of communing with her her, uh, headstone. It was like, okay, cool. It's nice to to meet you, not in person, but um, the closest I can to meeting in person. Right. And for a little more context, this great aunt is important. In general, she was a really important person to my spouse growing up as a kid. And my wedding ring was actually her ring. So I have a little bit of her history with me, too. So we did that, went and got the art, headed back home. And it was interesting. I just felt really cosmically messed with because it's like, where'd Joe and Marta go? Um, Come to find out, I relay this story to my mother-in-law. And she kind of gives me this look, and she's like, Aunt Alice isn't buried in the in that cemetery. Her she's located in um, Nevada, like she's in a different state. And it's like, oh, "Oh, well, she was transposed apparently. Oh my gosh! (laughs) So, what was your reaction? when your mother-in-law told you that at that time? I kind of, well, I already felt cosmically messed with, so I just kind of accepted it as it is. I I, I think I would consider myself a gentle skeptic where Mm -hmm. um, I'm very much so aware of people's need for things like cognitive closure and like to overcome cognitive dissonance, so I kind of the way I've I've kind of learned to approach the paranormal is while I tend to be skeptical and to look at more rational explanations, um, what is, is, and even if something can be explained away, night terror still has terror in the name that's still real to the experiencer. So I was able to take it with, with some comfort because I was like, well, even if it was somehow just in both of our heads, which it wasn't because the gallery was closed, but we, we, you know, regardless of what the mechanics are, um, I saw it as, as a positive effect because Mm. I had been planning to leave them flowers and then somehow the cosmos obliged. And I was like, okay. Um, my spouse (laughs) on the other hand, who's significantly more, um, um, atheistic was significantly more shaken um driving home uh he was red and in tears the entire time wow yeah yeah it's shaking right and uh to 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 come to grasp with these things that should not be especially if you're uh not uh an active i don't know invitee if you're not seeking to be a participant on any sort of bandwidth and these things just occur 
right? We, we, we think that these things are just purely participatory or that they're a reaction to something that is happening. But when they happen to multiple people, uh, when these things happen to folks that are outside of just their consensus reality together, it's, it's jarring. It can be so jarring to folks, right? Yeah, it's it's very jarring, and I think it is scary and humbling and sublime because it's a reminder that while we can do what we can to influence our lives in our own little bubble, there's so many things that are so far beyond our control. Yeah, well said, Marta. Uh, thank you so much for calling the show, and thank you so much for sharing your story. I think uh, uh, people get a lot out of that. Oh, thank you for having me. It's it's yeah. always a, a joy to listen to you, Fumet, and I think it's it's helped me make more more peace with some of the weird things that have come up in my life for sure. <laughs> well, th- it was so good to hear that. Thank you so much for being a listener and the kind words and your story. And and we'll talk to you sen- soon. Um, call call again. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a, have a great rest of your weekend. Bex, you as well. We- Bex, um, here we go again. Uh, here's another <laughs> example of, of, of just folks being jarred by things being here, then nowhere. What is your take I, on that story that we just heard? So something that kept coming up for me was <laughs> the idea of being forced to confront and something that's implausible. Hmm. So think about the thought breaks down that her spouse was probably having. So, you know, you, you have this very atheistic approach, which I have shared in my past, and then something so earth shattering happens to you that you cannot explain. Someone else shares that with you. Someone later validates, oh, hey, you know, this is not as it seems. You are correct that this is weird. Um, I think in this instance, what they are being approached with is the possibility that they may have traveled back in time to when Auntie's grave was still there before oh, it was. Ooh. Interesting. Um, that's where my mind kind of went because I also thought of that oak tree that had to later be removed for spouse's family to be to be um, buried, right? And so wow. um, that's kind of where my head's at, a true time slip, if you will. And and it's those are, those are real interesting to me because they're kind of few and far between. They kind of overlap with just high strangeness, the disappearing places, whereas this... I think they might have been able to somehow travel back and every single person who deals with that is going to handle that differently. And just being confronted with that notion that reality is not exactly what it is. You can have a perspective. Let's just throw that all away. (laughs) You can deal with it. Have fun driving home. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, what's so powerful about stories like that, and I think Marta's disposition in which I I think I really share, which is of an open-minded skeptic, right? I mean, I've experienced things I cannot explain, but I don't take everything as something that's anomalous that comes my way. And I also don't try to mythologize too much what my experiences are in a way that will, I don't know, sort of uh, separate me from consensus reality too much either. So... Uh, the idea that it, you know, these experiences, it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter if they are real or not, because what we get at the end is, is, uh, is that emotional connection or reaction that if, if it were just meant to be in that way, or if not, that's, that's what it is. It's the personal relationship, right? I mean, yeah, her she took kind of like the mission statement of Euphemet right out of my mouth with how um with how Marta described her relationship, their relationship to this situation. And so um yeah, it's it's uh it's fascinating. And and Bex, you know, you, you yourself is someone that skirts the line between consensus reality and whatever else could be in the beyond. And you have done a great job of furthering your investigations right there in the Puget Sound area. And one of the places that you have recently discovered and will talk about after we come back from the break is Bashan Island and Murray Island and all that that holds. Uh, these reports of disappearing places is continue to stream in. 
Have you ever experienced this? Call 888-298-5569. We'll return with Bex right after this and talk all about disappearing places, UFOs, and, uh, and maybe a foundational story point for the narrative of modern UFO. That's on Night Drift right after this. Drifting deeper into the night, Jim Perry is taking your calls at 425-373-5527 or toll-free in Western Washington, 888-298-KKNW-5569. of the Cascades to the rest of the world. Lines are open. Call 425-373-5527 or toll free in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. That's 888-298-KKNW. We are back here on Night Drift. And real quick, thank you to all of you that wish me happy birthday today online. I really appreciate that. It made my day. It's uh, Mexican food after this. Kendra also made me this great cake from scratch, and we went for a little walk in the woods. I actually found a trail that looked like the set from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it was really great. I felt like uh, under each moss and stone was a potential fairy village. It was it was that magical looking. The the low winter sun was cutting through the the, the forest. It was it was beautiful. And then I got to come home and do this show with, with you guys. So next week, Elaine Hathaway joins us in an exploration of tarot and divination. And in the coming weeks, we review UFO data trends with Cheryl Costa and so much more here on Night Drift. And if you want more of the program, you can find it on the Ufamet feed wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit ufamet.com and make sure to follow us across social media. That's at Ufamet. And if you're listening to this for the first time, that's spelled E-U-P-H-O-M-E-T. But you're not listening to this for the first time, are you? You've listened to all of these. Yeah, you sure have. And, you know, do you have a paranormal experience that has changed your life? If you have, you are like many other Euphemet listeners who share it with me at jim at Let me know. And we're back here tonight with Bex Adwood on the high strangeness of the Pacific Northwest and beyond. We're also taking your calls. We had a, a, a brilliant call just in the last segment. You can call us at 888-298-KKNW. That's 5569. 888-298-5569. Bex, thank you so much for, for being back on Night Drift tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm sitting here when you're like, oh, you know, you've listened to you from that, right? <laughs> you've listened to every single one. And I was like, I have. <laughs> <Wanted to interrupt. laughs> well, I appreciate it. And, you know, listen, uh, I mean, off script here, uh, from the bottom of my heart, there are so many folks out there that, that will tell me that they've listened to every single episode, every single old episode in the Patreon feed. And uh, we'll continue, like, continue to go back and listen to more. And so to have built up, I think, a library in collaboration with so many others and with so many people who have shared their stories, I'm glad that we've been able to create a space where people can uh, just be open-minded about this stuff. 
without huge agendas, um, have a foot still firmly grasped within consensus reality while we explore and kind of get lost while having that one foot on the ground and the rest in the cosmos somewhere. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I so appreciate it. And listen, the work that you are doing with Liminal Earth right now is a testament to that, you know, very similar, if not same mission statement to mythologize our lives and, and use the weird to inhibit kind of this new version of life, which is um, much more playful and intrigued and excited about the unknown and ready to engage with it. So one of the ways you're doing that is with WUFO. <laughs> Can you, <laughs> I've been following this, you know, on, on social media as you've been doing it for the last couple of weeks where did this come from? What is it? Tell us all about it. Sure. Um, I call it hashtag WUFO. <laughs> we went through a couple acronyms and they were like taken by our podcast friends or um, were like, you know, a really strange hashtag we didn't want to be part of. So it was, it was a bit of a process and I was just like, WUFO's fun to say. And, you know, it could have been WUFO or it could have been W-N-U-F-O-W. So, you know, take your pick. Um, (laughs) so the hashtag is out and we encourage people every Wednesday, um, to use it and when they're participating. Um, but as far as what exactly Wednesday night UFO watch is, um, outside of what you can get from that loaded title, um, is actually something that came about on Twitter. Um, one of our really good friends, um, who actually did astrology for Hellier, um, Maglin, um, was sharing something from the Mothman prophecies involving UFO phenomenon. And John Keel had hundreds of data entry points by way of UFO reports. And slowly over time, um, John Keel found that you are most likely to see a UFO at 10 p.m. your local time on a Wednesday night. Mm. And that's just through, you know, data patterns over time. Um And it's not anything guaranteed, you know, but we're kind of seeing it as an excuse to have some sort of midweek break. And and it's almost like an event that we can share together, Um, but it's completely remote, you know, super safe. You can do it with your family, with your friends. You can bring your snacks and just, you know, set up your chairs. Um, (laughs) Our big thing is getting people to just go outside, spend some time and look up. Um, and to be able to have an open forum to share whatever they do experience, even if it's completely mundane or something out of this world, um, we want to hold space for that. So oh, uh, working with our friend here, we we were like, okay, let's make this a Wednesday night thing, uh, but let's make it 100% open, 100% free. Anyone can participate. And all you have to do is like post about it, message us. Um, we're mm. slowly getting to the point where we're experimenting with like, event pages. We have a a Facebook one that I can share with you after. Um, but what's so interesting is every single week it evolves. So really, you know, we have punch cards now just because of some offhand comment by a friend (laughs) and and those are ready and downloadable. Um, I designed those. Um, we had folks coming up to us saying, what if it's cloudy? So I looked up virtual, sky feeds night sky apps that show you all of the starlink by the way so you'll never say is that a starlink again because you can just uh, check yes um, and then if you um are freezing your butt off and you want to go inside um we have guided meditations that you can do if you are feeling a little you know a little brave and want yeah. to maybe explore what's in the skies from your from your couch so we're offering all of these things and every time someone has a common question of concern, it's evolving and it's growing and, and more and more people are getting involved. Um, we're creating UFO water, even. I ate a UFO pretzel last week. It's just things no, that wait, are coming wait up. A, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> I do it. I do it. Okay. Can slide okay. that by, could yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. A UFO, UFO water, okay, firstly, and a UFO pretzel. Okay, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about here? <laughs> So we just started doing um, at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We do a live TikTok Estes Method session where I try to just reach out to whatever's above my house or whatever's above the Puget Sound, whatever it may be. And Jeremy will moderate 
and people will come in from their 40 pages and be like, oh, I can ask an alien a question, all right. And the funny thing is, <laughs> we actually had some really interesting like tech pretzels, um, but the UFO pretzel itself came from that first Estes Method Live, where uh, <laughs> something just came through and said UFO pretzels, <laughs> and we were dying laughing. So we thought um, about one of John Tenney's occurrences he shared where someone made UFO pancakes. Okay. Um, yeah. And right. so that was like, okay, what if we infused water every Wednesday night with the, this UFO energy? And then we create food out of it. <laughs> so like this wow. estes that is guiding us to do. So uh, pretzels and pancakes have been made on my end so far. TikToks are coming soon. And right before the show, I just made some UFO water uh, with some chamomile and things. So we're, <laughs> we're just doing it, man. We're doing it. And every week it's changing. Um, this week's going to be pretty special, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard. Oh, you heard, did you? Yeah. <laughs> you could take the lead on that one. I got a tip. This one's going to be special. <laughs> so for for this uh, WUFO, for this WUFO, Wednesday yes. Night UFO Watch, I'll be joining you guys in person. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll, we'll be meeting up uh, earlier that day. Uh, attending, I believe, a, a, a conversation or a chat about the Maury Island incident, um, which is, of course, I don't think we'll have time uh, to to explore this sort of breakthrough case here uh, today in detail. But all is to say, we'll be attending a, uh, a thing, an event for it, and uh, then, then we'll be sticking around and... I'll be participating with you folks on this Wednesday night UFO watch, whatever that means. I don't know if this includes UFO pizza, but I would not be opposed to that. <laughs> Do you think if we called like a local pizza joint, we're like, okay, we want pepperoni pizza, but we want the pepperonis to be shaped in UFO. Can you do it? <laughs> yeah, I guess it would depend we could get on one what... free UFO pretzel return. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It would depend on what neighborhood. You know, we probably sure. have to call like a, the, 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 the college neighborhood, right? Or maybe yeah, order okay. it from, you know, Capitol Hill in Seattle. I think we could probably get some of that arranged. Or they'd just be like, um, you, uh, you need to call someone else for this because this is crazy. <laughs> well, I think it's a perfect opportunity to just say, hey, pizza, pizza people out there, if you want to put a UFO on it, send it to us. <laughs> right. We'll be in the area. <laughs> You'll get that liminal earth uh, bump. You'll get a bunch of zines and UFO water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, so so I understand this concept that it has evolved over time from just watching to now potentially engaging. And from what, I, what I'm feeling from this is that unlike maybe other unknown, uh, unnamed, well, let's just call them rackets, <laughs> out there that 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 maybe have a stranglehold on uh, insisting people pay them money to participate in uh, activities in which you may learn techniques to contact extraterrestrials or whatever is up there. Unlike this, you folks seem like you're kind of on the path of democratizing contact. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> Yeah, this is not your 100% money back guarantee-type <laughs> evening. This is a uh, bring your chairs, you know, bring your food. Um, you know, you can gather if you feel safe, or you can do this completely isolated if you feel safe. This, this is very accommodating. And the whole purpose is just to get a whole lot of people doing something similar at the same time. And then just seeing what happens and even folks just getting out there, hanging out in their backyard for 30 minutes to an hour, it just makes the week better. So yeah, all, right. you know, esoteric, paranormal things aside, we're encouraging people to spend some time together, whether it's over the internet or whatever, share an activity and just exchange the things that may ensue from that. Right. Well, I'm glad you explained it in that way, because I think there are individuals that may listen to this that go, oh my gosh, that sounds dangerous, um, you know, or from the perspective of those individuals that have maybe had not so pleasant contact experiences in, mm -hmm. in, in, in their world, right? And so I would assume that there are others that maybe have a little bit of a pushback 
to this idea? Have you experienced any of that, either publicly or privately? And what are the ways that you're explaining to them about how your intent may differ from what they feel the danger is in this? Sure. So we, we've been lucky enough to, this is going to be week four, and we have only received you know, the best of feedback. We're more than welcome to it, um, as long as you know, we remain respectful. Um, I'm happy to discuss the comments, questions, or concerns. Um, I think the way that we see it, because we talked about this, you know, behind the scenes, um, right. because we just want to be extra mindful, not only that everyone's included, but that everyone's safe and that everyone's comfortable, you know, with what's going on. And so um, for me personally, I'm putting myself out there when I'm doing the Estes method, but I'm not saying, hey, you know, in order to have a successful Wednesday evening, you need to do this too. We're saying you can do as little as sit outside and look at the stars. We even have like astrology um night sky side quests um that Madeline gives us so you could do as little as oh here's Jupiter today here's your side quest is to find Jupiter in the sky and then you can go back inside and that's fine but if you are more in the paranormal community or if you're in the weirdo community like we are um then we start to explore these more complex topics these more controversial topics and I think for me it's I use personal protection by means of like rocks protective oils um I do a little bit of like energy bubble beforehand I actually did it on the last live so that people could see like my grounding process and see like I'm not just going to jump into this um I don't take this lightly but at the same time I'm having fun with it and as soon as it becomes not fun I'm not doing it anymore <laughs> like yeah and right. and there's moments when you know it's become really real we're like okay this may actually be something um hmm. but I'm an investigator and I am here to experience things so I'm I'm happy to do it but my advice for people is do as much or as little as you feel comfortable with and um just know that I'm I'm being responsible as well and I will not put myself in a position um that is unsafe um when it comes to a lot of this phenomenon we're trying to even connect whether or not aliens and they are the same type of beings so we're not even looking at this as like oh, this is a UAP and it's this type of species alien that we're trying to contact. It's like, we literally, it could be a bird. (laughs) I don't care. Right. Um, Well, I I mean, speaking from my experience and and to interject here, you know, uh, this really does to me appear to be uh, in sort of an online interactive version of any Skywatch that you may go to in terms of rule of engagement. If you're interested in going on a Skywatch, this is a way that you can do it, you know, if you're alone or with your friends with a broader sense of community and a broader set of community so that if you have questions, if you have comments, there are other people there with you, albeit maybe online, maybe digitally. But I will tell you that what, what you are avoiding, in which I really like about this concept, is you're avoiding the particular dogma that seems to infect the, the sort of the UFO cultists that do exist. I'm sorry, I'm like going to be a little controversial here, but there are scenarios that people find themselves going into communities to skywatch and then feeling very other very quickly because they go, oh, these people all have like an agenda. They all have like the same idea. What is a Palladian? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> right. Oh, good Lord. And, th- and that's very, uh, that, that, that can feel very scary and, and uh, it can make yeah. you feel like the alien very quickly. And I'm, and I'm not certain if that is 100% um, sort of non-intentional in those spaces, if that makes sense. Sure. Well, I don't want to be too crass, but sometimes intention <laughs> is is important as like what what that yields and so I feel like for a lot of folks of the paranormal community especially we've encountered that where you try to join this group and you see it a lot unfortunately um with extreme politics and things now it's intertwining with the paranormal yeah. community and it's really hard sometimes to be like oh I've looked up to this person for years and then they come out to these awful things that I just I can't yeah. get behind Right. And, and it, it, you're forced to part ways a lot in this community. Um, but that's why I absolutely love what we're doing because we are as open as possible. We do not have any sort of agenda other than trying to get this community of people together to just look at the sky right. <laughs> and 
and we're not selling anything. We're not, we don't have any specific ideas even. We're just saying any aerial entity, you know, and whatever may come. Um, yeah, and I you're think talking about the science. About you're talking about the scientific method at the same time. <laughs> you know, you're 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 open-mindedly, you know, um, gathering data to collect and then an analyze and 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 see if some assumptions or ideas can be proved or disproved. Not not that that is is being uh, your main cause for for approving or disapproving things, but at the end of the day, what you're talking about is a system in which you you are eliminating a lot of dogma, a lot of superstition, um, uh, and and trying to embrace something which could be more positive in intention and not dark and scary. Even though this is a phenomenon that can carry that with it, according to people who have had experiences. Yet, listen, at the end of the day, when we're talking about our relationship to the phenomenon or whatever this is, to high strangeness. We, we, we can't say that our intention doesn't appear to have an effect on whatever that interaction is, right? Right, right. Is that what you're finding? Is that you're finding your situations um, becoming progressively more positive in interactions with whatever that other thing could be? I mean, it's been so neutral. I mean, it's it's an interesting topic to get into because, like, believe it or not, I haven't had all positive paranormal experiences. I think that's um, I think that's really interesting. <laughs> Even people say, "Well, you must have just never had anything bad happen to you." Um, <laughs> I have, yeah, and it's, we, it's we, awful. Yeah, we know that's not true. Um, but then I don't let it completely stain that whole chapter of my life either like right. I don't um I don't let it completely change my view of the phenomenon um and I often if this is just a me thing that it is but I often look internally in those instances and and, and we're finding that with hauntings it <laughs> it may it may be us pulling the strings more than we think Without yeah. getting way too controversial, right? Um, we're finding that we can haunt things, you guys, <laughs> with our minds and like just putting intention into an inanimate object. Um, there's been some pretty impressive stuff over at Kindred Spirit, over at the Pair Museum. Um, a lot of people are are finding out that we have a lot more to do with this phenomenon than we're letting on. We are not. I don't think we're just innocent bystanders here. <laughs> I don't think so either. I think it's participatory. I think I think it's possible that intention plays into this. I do think that people are subject to surprise interactions and and uh, whether they be sort of malicious or not. Um, listen, even with your own story, Bex, this is a, this is definitely a rabbit hole to go down a different show. But think about your story and the things that you have experienced that have been negative. Those have not directly been things that you've put into the universe, but have been benefactors of other people putting that stuff into the universe and you having to deal with it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, even to your story, I mean, I think that like what the, the, the moves you're taking to present this material in a particular way. And it's so interesting segue. It's so interesting that we go into this space right now in the time we are living right that we have strayed from you telling me about spooky stories and we are now talking about sort of um the the, the theory of everything for one and also <laughs> some of the ethics behind what these could be and i know that's one of the things that's really important to liminal earth listen again this is not a political show right uh i'm not presenting anything as a as an advocate or activist but i'm just trying to be honest that exploring ethics within the paranormal is very needed and i believe a lot of folks are, are starting to come to this uh conclusion and if we're privy to twitter as many of us are or the online community uh some of the things that are being generated per content is not exactly something that aligns with a lot of our ethical beliefs within whatever this space is right right and yeah, it really bums me out. <laughs> it really bums me out because, you know, you get on the phone and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this, this community has been created. This is so exciting. And then every once in a while, you know, 
you go through and you're, you're like for today for instance i was watching an old paranormal show that i absolutely loved as a teenager and i was having it on today while i was cleaning and i'll tell you what <laughs> i did not like the vibes it was <laughs> there were heavy heavy it was back in like the early 2000s where everything was catholic in in oh, sure. paranormal community no yeah. shame to that but it's like everything no right. other perspectives one show had like an occult specialist, but we never got details on what exactly that was. Yeah. Um, but it's all very cut and dry. It's all very, um, it seems like exclusionary to a, yeah, a perspective. Right. Um, a good friend of mine, Katie Webb, she has excellent um, interviews talking about the ethics and she really goes into it. <laughs> and, yeah, and I I'll, I'll have um, to have Katie back on. We've, yes. we've done a feature together and, and we're friends and, and uh, I would love to get Katie back on. Katie, maybe you're even listening to this. If so, let's touch base and, and let's have you on. Bex, we've got to end the show. We didn't get to oh, we didn't get to Vashon Mori <laughs> Island. Uh, we didn't get to asking you if there's been any recent dogmen reports. Um, but next time we will also, I think, probably be talking about Mount Adams and what that place means. We will, yeah. So thank you so much for for coming back on Night Drift. And and before we go, explain to us where people can, you know, find, you know, a place to join for WUFO, for Wednesday Night UFO Watch this week, and and where people can find more of your work in Limo Earth. Great. So... Every single Wednesday, I make a 100% open, free access post on Patreon. You can find us at Liminal Earth Society. Um, every week, I talk about what happened the previous week. I'll even include TikToks. If you're a Patreon, you get full, uncut uh, live archives. Um, and you'll be able to just see how things are evolving on our end. Um, we also share on Twitter at Liminal Earth. Uh, we are on Instagram at Liminal.Earth. Um, TikTok at Liminal Earth. Um, we're mainly active on those channels, um, so feel free to use the hashtag across all boards, W-U-F-O. Um, remember, it's every Wednesday at 10 p.m. your local time, so for our late-night East Coasters out there, um, you don't gotta stay up until 10 our time. You know, you can do it at 10 p.m. local time, that's what the phenomenon is reading according to John Keel. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, as far as an event page is concerned, we are working on it. We have a Facebook event page right now. Uh, you can include it in the show notes, um, but it is under our Liminal Earth Society page as well. Um, might check out Eventbrite or, or something like that. Might take recommendations on those, but um, looking into just making this grow every week in any way that someone wants to participate. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us again, Bex. I will see you on Wednesday, and I will see you listener on wednesday for wednesday night <laughs> ufo watch and we'll be back with another night drift next week and then a new euphemet so thank you so much for listening to another edition of night drift i'm jim perry keep looking up Follow Night Drift with Jim Perry on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to receive new episodes of Night Drift automatically and gain access to all of our past episodes.